Let's say this with me. This is God's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Father, we give you thanks today. Thank you, Lord God, for every single in this house. I thank you, Lord God, that being single doesn't mean being alone. Because, Father, you are with us. And I thank you, Lord God, that every single in this place is a successful single. Is a woman and man of God who glorifies you in their mind, in their body. Lord God, who glorifies you in their attitudes. I pray, Lord God, today, even as we go through this word, that, Father, you would speak life to every person here. That, Father, you would wear me like a glove today. That you would be the substance of what is said. And that, Father, we will leave here never the same, never the same, never the same. And we promise, Lord God, to give you all the glory. To give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, everyone say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in this place. Amen. Wow. The house is full of singles. Oh, my word. And it's not even a club. <laughs> wow, this is awesome. Listen, um, I want to turn to two scriptures in your Bible today. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Genesis chapter 3 and Ephesians 5. Um, what you need to do is just take that string in your Bible that you don't even know what the purpose is for. Put that in Ephesians 5. And then turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Today we're going to be talking about deception. The, the title of, our, of today's message is The Truth About Deception. Say that with me. The Truth About Deception. Um, we're going to be talking about deception in the lives of singles. How many of you know... That there are some singles, not you, but there are some singles who are deceived. Amen? How many of you are deceived? Let me see your hand. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. So you know you're not deceived, but you know somebody who is. <laughs> Am I right? Kind of. Yeah. Here's the thing. Before you think that this message is not for you, let me remind you that people who are deceived don't know they're deceived. In fact, the person beside you might think you're deceived and you know they are. <laughs> and, um, and both of you are looking at each other and I'm glad you're here because you need to hear this message. So I need to listen closely because I'm here to help you to understand what deception is. And I'm going to help you to figure out some areas of deception in the lives of singles. Amen? Now, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. This is the story of Eve and the first deception that took place. How many of you understand this? That the devil's job is to deceive. Amen? And how many of you know that he's been employed in this job for a really long time? He is pretty much an expert at this area. But what I'm going to do today is kind of break down for you how he deceives us. Because if we can figure out how he does it, then we won't get trapped by it as easily. Amen? Alright. 
First thing we need to do is analyze how deception works. We need to analyze how deception works. Um, have you ever seen this ad? There was an ad some years ago. Um, I think it was like, uh, um, it was one of these cars. I one thing it was a Mitsubishi ad. This guy's driving down the road, right? And he's driving, and a voice, it's, it's one of these four by fours. And, and uh, a voice comes to him and says, uh, go further. And so he goes off the, the road, and he goes on this track. And, you know, it's, it's kind of through these bushes, like through these, you know, fields and stuff. And he hears, go further. So he goes through like this forest and he's going up and down and it's bumping all over the place and it's going really bad. And he hears the voice, go further. And then he's on this raft in the car and they're headed towards a waterfall. And the voice says, too far. <laughs> That's what deception is like. Deception is like that. The enemy always go, go, go further, go further. And then he goes, whoops, too far. And you get caught. You get trapped. This is what happened with Eve. Watch, look at his story. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now this is the first thing that he does. The enemy does to us all the time. This is the first thing. He, he casts doubt on what God has said. He muddies the waters as to exactly what did God tell you. And most of us as singers, if you're like me, let me tell you something. You ask God some really tough questions. And you ask God, and sometimes, here's what happens. We get a word like, you need to just stay out of a relationship for the next year and just seek me. Uh, some of you know you got that same word like me. I know I'm not the only one. And about six months into it, you go, did God really say? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because here's what happens. Mr. So-and-so passes by. Or Miss So-and-so passes by. And all of a sudden, you start to wonder, did I really hear God? <laughs> I've been there. I know that. And here's what, what the devil did to Eve. Eve had access to how many trees of the garden? Every single one. Let me, let me tell you something. There were thousands of trees in that garden. Thousands. There were hundreds of fruit. But here's what the devil did to Eve. He let her focus on the one tree that God said, don't touch. The one thing that she wasn't supposed to do is the one thing that he had her focus all her energy on. That's why you got to be careful. You can't be focused as a single on what you can't do. If you focus on what you can't do, you're going to want to do it. If you're occupying your mind with what you can't and what you shouldn't, and what you, you forget all the things that you do have access to and all the pleasure and all the joy that God has put in your life. Instead, you're focusing on oh, this one thing I can't do. Uh, anybody ever seen the, um, everybody ever seen the Ninja Kitchen ad? Y'all don't watch much TV. Why? I like these singers. Why? Y'all don't watch it. The Ninja Kid or the Sham Wow. You remember Sham Wow? All right. You remember Sham Wow? Okay. How many of you needed a Sham Wow before you got, you know, before you saw the commercial? Nobody. Nobody needed Sham Wow. But guess what happened? After we saw the Sham Wow, we said, you know what? We need Sham Wow. 
I've had spills like that, and I needed a sham wow right then and there. Where was sham wow all my life? Here's what happens. The enemy will always present you, after he has muddied God's word, he will always present you with an illegitimate need for you to start to go after. And he will advertise something before you and say you need it. Here's what he told Eve. He said, the reason why God... Let me read it for you. Verse, uh, let's go down. Verse 2 says, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. In other words, the enemy was saying, when you eat of this fruit, you will be wise. But how many of you know that Eve was wise before she touched the fruit? Because the Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Eve was obeying God. Obedience to God is the highest form of wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. And so the enemy was promising her something that she thought she needed, but she already had. And he creates this illegitimate need in us. And we think that if we have this need fulfilled, we'll be alright. I'll give you one. Sex. We need sex, is what he says. Come on, you know you need it. You need it, you need it. This might surprise you. This might really surprise you. Do you know that no one has ever died from lack of sex? (laughs) I know. It's shocking, isn't it? It's shocking. But somehow, in the mind of a single, you're going, how can I do without it? I will die. No, you won't. (laughs) Eve, you won't. Some people say, man... You know what? I I need this particular friend in my life or else I'm going to die. And sometimes that person is leaning down the wrong path. But you need that person. You do some stupid things just to keep that relationship, just to keep that person in your life. And Satan sets up this illegitimate need. Here it is. You're now co-signing for that person. Because you don't want them to not like you anymore. And God is saying, hello, who, who, who is closer to you than a brother? Hello, talk to me now. Like, who is never going to leave you nor forsake you? You don't need them. But you know what? In your heart, you're going, I need them. They're the only person I can talk to, I can be myself with, I can be real with. So guess what? I will do whatever it takes to keep the friendship. You won't even tell them when something is wrong in their life because you care more about the friendship than about the friend. I'm telling some singles this morning. And some of us are in this place where we're, we have this illegitimate need that the enemy has created in our lives. And we get deceived by holding on to that need. Here's the other area. He not only hits us with an illegitimate need, he also hits us because of our immediate circumstances. Immediate circumstances. In other words, we can't see beyond right now. Eve, do you think if Eve realized what she would lose... 
should lose not only her house. You ever hear the story? Adam and Eve were, Adam and his, his kids were walking past the garden one day. And Adam said, hey, guys, there's the house your mother ate us out of. Do you think if Eve knew she was going to lose the garden? Do you think if Eve knew she was going to lose her standing with God? Do you think if Eve knew that a curse was going to follow the rest of it? Do you think if Eve knew, watch this, that her kids would be impacted by her decision? That she would have eaten that fruit? No, she wouldn't. But you know what the enemy does? He clouds our minds to stop us at thinking at when I get happy. That's where we stop. We don't think beyond our happiness. We don't think beyond what are the consequences, the long-term consequences of this decision. We just think about our immediate circumstances. This is going to give me a pump right here. This is going to make me feel good for a moment. And I'm going to do it because I want to feel good. And we don't think beyond our immediate circumstances. And let me tell you something, as singles, you've got to walk wise in this world. Because this world is set up to trip you up. You've got to think beyond, listen, you've got to think beyond buy now, pay later. You've got to think beyond, um, what, what, what's the one with Target? It's a, um, get more for less or whatever. Yeah, pay less, get more. There ain't no such thing. Uh, listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> What you get, you will pay for exactly what you get. So you've got to think about it before you pay for it. Because the devil is a liar and he will charge you more than you thought. And he'll give you less than you bargained for. Amen? Illegitimate needs, immediate circumstances. Here's the third one. Temporary feelings. You know what? Eve looked at that fruit and she said, man, it looked good. It looked like it would taste good. It looked like something that she... And you know what? The devil set her up because all she was thinking about was her... All she was thinking with was her feelings. She was using her feelings to determine what she would do next. She was using her feelings. And after she made the mistake, her feelings changed. Some of you just need to sleep alone, preferably... And wake up tomorrow and your feelings may be different about that decision you're going to make. Because feelings change. And you can't make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings. Those feelings will switch on you like, like they'll turn on a dime. Before you know it, all of a sudden you're going to be feeling something completely different. And you're going to be thinking, why in the world did I do that? Amen? Amen. She was sold a lie. And many times we get sold that lie too. Because deception always masquerades as this wisdom and blessing. Somehow we don't need to check with anybody before we do what we do. Because we know what's best for ourselves. It masquerades. It does this. It masquerades as wisdom and blessing while telling you not to seek the wisdom and blessing of others who know more. I'm going to say that again. Deception masquerades as wisdom and blessing while telling you not to seek the wisdom and blessing of those who know more. Do you know every person who is now married was once single? Check with them. That may be a good thing. 
check with somebody who is older than you and is single and going through some stuff. Because what you're going through is not unique. You're not the only one. You've got to make sure that when I talk to singles sometimes, when I'm, when I'm like counseling with somebody and I said, okay, like before you made that decision, who did you talk to? Do you know what they say? Nobody. 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 So how can you make such a big decision without talking to anybody? Well, I just thought that I knew what I was doing. It ain't true. Look at what uh, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says. He says, uh, the word of God says, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. says that Satan, and marvel, no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into what? A what? Angel of light. In other words, here's what. The enemy, when the enemy comes to tempt you, when the enemy comes to trick you, he's not going to come with a pitchfork and a pointed tail. That's not how he's going to come. He's going to come looking like an angel of light. And his point, the point is that he wants to get you in a position where you get trapped. And so we need to ask ourselves some questions before we get trapped. Here are some questions we need to ask ourselves. Number one, what is my real need? When we're thinking about that friend that we can't give up, or when we're thinking about uh, having sex with that person, or when we're thinking about going to that club, what is the real need behind it? What's really driving me? Because a lot of times we're thinking it's one thing when it's not. Sometimes the reason why we're doing some of the things we're doing is because we don't like ourselves that much and we need somebody to make us feel good about us. And so here it is, we swing from relationship to relationship. From girl to girl, from guy to guy. We can't, oh man, oh man, I've been out of a relationship for a week. I gotta get somebody. <laughs> Times are going. Right? And we swing from relationship because what? Because we need acceptance from somebody. Because we don't accept ourselves. That's the real need. So, well, how, how do you fix that need? You need to fix that need with you and God. Because only He can make you feel acceptable. Amen? Amen. And no matter how many guys, no matter how many girls, no matter how many relationships you're going, let me tell you something, it will not meet you at your point of need. You've got to get that from the Lord. Are you with me this morning? Amen. So, what need am I trying to fulfill? Here's the second question you need to ask yourself. You need to ask yourself, what good can come out of this? In other words, think it through to the end. If nothing good can come out of it, it's deception. What good can come out of you spending time with that person? What good can come out of you watching that movie? What good can come out of you having that channel on your cable <laughs> yes lord all right i'm just <laughs> praise the lord brother che amen hallelujah i'm talking to myself i oh, just get myself excited up here what good what good can come out of you being on the internet at 12 o'clock at night <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what good can come out of you going to that club? Think it through. 
all the way to the end. Don't just stop at, I'm going to, you know, tonight's going to be a good... Don't stop right there. (laughs) What about tomorrow? (laughs) Is tomorrow going to be a good day because tonight was a good night? You got to think it through now. We're stuck. We get stuck in this kind of thinking. Listen, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So if it's not good, it's not from God. And if it's not from God, you're walking in deception. Wake up. Hey, what need am I trying to fulfill? What good can come out of this? Here's the other thing. What is the wise thing to do? Here's what I mean. A lot of times I hear singles ask this question. Hey man, how far is too far? (laughs) Or they say this, you know, what's wrong with this anyway? So what's so wrong about that? Hey, listen, there is nothing wrong with holding her hand, but is it the wise thing to do? Knowing your history, (laughs) knowing where you want to go in life, is this the right thing to do? Is this the wise thing to do? I'm serious. No, listen, listen. We've got to get beyond this. Is it wrong? Just because it's not wrong doesn't mean it's right. And we think this is like, you know, well, hey, kissing, it ain't in the Bible. It doesn't, hey girl, it doesn't say I can't fondle you. Where? Show me the scripture. <laughs> this is PG-13, I'm sorry. But I'm talking to singles, so I have to be kind of a little bit, you know. So if you have a kid... Elevate 78 is in the back. <laughs> True Kids is in the side. We'll help you get there. But I need to talk to my singles. Am I alright with this? Can I help you? Alright. Now listen up. Just because he doesn't say nothing about it don't mean that it's wise. Because wherever you draw your line, the next step is your temptation. Do you understand what I just said? In other words, if you draw the line and say, Hey man, I'm not going to go beyond kissing. Then the next step is your temptation. So where ought you to draw the line? Let me tell you where I would draw the line, okay? I'm just, I'm just showing you. You see, Eve, Eve here, here's, where, here, here's the tree of good and evil. Here's where Eve was picking her berries. And here's the devil. Hey, psst, you want a fruit? <laughs> you see what I mean? No, look at this. All this area is full of trees. And this is where Eve stands? Let me tell you something, man. Too many singles are trying to find out how close they can get to sin without actually sinning. Wow. Here's what you need to do. See how far you can get from sin. So you don't sin. Because if this is my line, then my temptation is here. That's far. <laughs> I told the married people this morning, listen, I don't want, listen, I have a standard in my life. I'm not even having lunch alone with a woman. I'm not driving a car alone with a woman unless it's my wife or a family member. And have I been in those situations? I have. But can I tell you something? 
I'm driving in the car and I'm feeling like this. Oh my God, I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. Where's my wife? Where's my wife? Okay? Because guess what? I get afraid here. You ain't going to find me in bed with another woman down here. It's too far. Man, I would have to long jump. I couldn't like, you know, some people say, man, I slipped, I made a mistake. I'd have to long jump to do that. If I do that, that is not a mistake. Believe me. That is, that, that's like, hey, I tell you what. I'm go- <laughs> that's some serious effort right there. You put your standard far. Have what I call ridiculous boundaries. Put some ridiculous boundaries in your life. Like for example, uh, how about this as a ridiculous boundary? Avoid situations where you are alone with someone and out of plain view of others. And that's a good ridiculous boundary for a single. Hey man, we need to get around some people. Why? No, I don't feel good about this at all. I, I, we, we, need, we need to be in a park or something. If we go and talk alone, we got to talk like at McDonald's. But we ain't talking in my room. We ain't talking in my apartment alone. Thank you, Lord. Every time I step there, everybody just kind of draws back. There. I don't want to hear that. Okay. All right. That's cool. Right, how about this one? I had, a, I had, a, I had a, um, the standard... It, when I was a single, never date someone who doesn't line up with my purpose. It, it, it simply went like this. It simply went like this. Hey, you know, I like you. I'd love to get to know you better. That's, that's kind of cool, yeah. You know, add, add words, add lyrics. Yeah. But here's the thing, man. There's a 95% chance that I'm going to be a pastor. And I don't really date anyone unless I think that I could possibly marry them. Could you see yourself with a pastor? I didn't think so. All right, see ya. I wasn't going to waste my time dating someone who wasn't going to be a potential spouse. And if they couldn't deal with the pastor thing, bye! Because I knew who I was before I got married. You got to do that. You got to do that. You got to do that. All right. We need to apply truth to two areas. Let me tell you, as, as, as singles, there are two areas that we need to really apply truth to. In other words, to not be deceived. Number one is purity. And number two is purpose. And I want to talk to you about these two. This is what I'm going to spend the rest of the time talking about. Deception starts in our mind. And the only way to recognize deception is to know the truth. When, when bank tellers are being trained how to recognize counterfeit money, they aren't given counterfeit money. Because tomorrow, a new counterfeit money could come up. And they won't be able to tell the difference. But what they do is, they train them by giving them the real thing. And they say, I need you to study it, smell it, feel it, touch it. I need you to know this thing inside and out. Look at every part of it. Play with it. Work with it. Just count it, count it, count it. Feel the feel in your hand. Feel it in your hand. So that when they throw in a counterfeit, they go, whoa, this feels different. This feels different. Romans 12, 2. This is, what, this is what the Bible says. Romans 12, chapter 2. I love it because this is how you can tell what the counterfeit is like. 
This is how you can tell what the counterfeit is like. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look, he doesn't say, Be not conformed to this world, but study the world so you know what not to be. No. He's saying, guess what? Get in the Word so you know what the Word is like so you can see when the world comes up. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For you to know the will of God, you need to know the Word of God. Amen? And so, here's, here's the thing. First Thessalonians. This is going to be heavy right now, okay? First Thessalonians chapter 4. And if you hate me after this scripture, just remember... It's not me, it's the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Here's what it says. Verse 1. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus. He's begging them that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Here's how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what the commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Everybody said, this is the will of God. All right. Your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That you should not take advantage of or defraud and defraud his brother in this manner. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness but to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man but God who has also given us the Holy Spirit. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey guys, here's God's will for you. Abstain from sexual immorality. Bam. I, I, I was listening to Pastor Robert Mars about this. And it was so awesome. He kind of outlined some things. Here, here's one of the tricks that the enemy does. He says, guess what? Sexual immorality doesn't bother anybody. That's what the enemy does. He says, it won't affect anybody. You're okay because it only affects you. Hey, and it's your choice. Listen, that's a lie. Because impurity affects our faith. Impurity affects our faith. You know what? Um, Pastor Robert said he was at the seminar talking to these young people, like these, you know, 20-year-olds or whatever. And this one person at the end of the session, he had opened it up for question and answers. And the person said, um, if we love each other and we're going to get married anyway, what difference does a piece of paper make? Right? The marriage license. What difference does it make anyway? We're going to get married. So what difference does it make? And he said... None. Absolutely none. The piece of paper doesn't make any difference. But the blessing of God does. And if you want the blessing of God on your marriage, then you do it God's way. Are you with me? Amen. It's the blessing of God that makes all the difference. Here, here's the thing with sexual immorality and why it affects your faith. Sexual immorality opens the door for lying and deception. Right? If you're going to sneak around and do stuff, you're going to lie about it. You're going to deceive about it. Like, no one, like, you know, no you know, young person comes downstairs, 
disappear and says, hey, where are you going? I'm going to have sex. <laughs> Good, be home by 11. <laughs> Doesn't happen like that, right? So you have to lie. And you come back, say, hey, how was the movie? No, you have to make up a story about the movie. Right? Why? Because lying and deception gets in it. Now watch this. Here's the thing. They don't just come out and say it. They have to cover it. And so no longer are we, after a while, what happens is we, we come to church, our hands are lifted, but our hearts are covered. And so the cycle starts to develop. And after a while, we no longer think it's not the will of God for us to do this. After a while, we start thinking that maybe God is okay with this. And all of a sudden, our wisdom becomes more important than God's wisdom. Here's the other thing. It also affects your marriage. Because here's what happens. When you start to sneak around, and I know this, when you start to sneak around, you start to develop an appetite for sneaking around. And it's an appetite that God never intended you to have. And so what happens is this. You sneak around with somebody and eventually you get married. But there was an excitement that was connected with the sneaking around. And when you get married, you don't have to sneak around anymore. So now that you're married to the person and you're not sneaking around anymore, after a while, the guy says to the woman, you know what? Things just aren't the way they used to be. Things just aren't the same. And so then he's at work one day and he flirts with somebody and he gets this jolt. And he's like, whoa, where's that excitement coming from? And he realizes, whoa, this is something, I, I think I like this person. And so he feels attracted to the person, and eventually he starts to sneak around with them. Because now he's associated the feeling of sneaking around with love. And so he thinks he's in love with this person. So after a while, he says, you know what, I'm going to divorce you. And he divorces her and marries the other person. But now, he's not sneaking around anymore. And after a few years, he says, things aren't the same. Are you hearing me this morning? God isn't saying, don't have sex because he's trying to cramp your style. Or he's trying to stop you from having fun. I don't tell my kids, hey, don't play in the street because I don't want them to have fun. I want them to have fun. That's why I tell them, don't play in the street. How many of you know that God created sex? I know that's really hard for you to imagine, but can you imagine he did? Not Kanye. Not Beyonce. Some of you older folks, not Teddy P. <laughs> Turn off the lights. Not Whitney. You know what I mean? Listen, God created sex. If he created it, guess what? He knows how it works best. He know do you know that the manufacturer of your car knows how to get more out of your car than you do? 
And if you decide that you ain't going to do it their way, guess what? You won't get as much out of it as if you just followed their instructions. But some of us don't like to read manuals. Some of us just like to jump in and drive, amen? Let's just get this thing working. Well, let me tell you something. I'm just <laughs> let me tell you something. He knows how it works best. And here is why he would say, why would God say, why would God say, wait, why would God say, put it up? Why would God say that? Because God recognizes this one thing. Purity now leads to intimacy later. And the real need you have is not sex. The real need you have is intimacy. And he created us with that need for intimacy. And a lot of times what happens is that we give away the, the capacity to enjoy full intimacy by being impure with someone else before we get married. That's what it's about. The best sex is sex that is done between two people who are totally open, totally free from any scars, totally free from any hidden agendas. There's nothing in their closet. They're totally open, honest, and pure before each other. And let me tell you something, that's the best. But you don't get that if you continue a pattern of impurity before you get into marriage. This is tough. But you're all right. You're doing good. You haven't run out on me yet. That's all right. <laughs> here's, here's the other thing. Uh, let, me, let me just say this one thing about this. and we'll close. I've never met a couple. Never. Never once have I met a couple who said, you know what? I wish we had more sex before we got married. I've never heard a couple say that. But you know what I've heard? Man, I wish we waited. I wish we waited. I've heard that. You won't die. I promise you, you won't die. <laughs> well, how do I deal with that? You know what? Just like any other sin, you confess it, you repent of it, you get right with God. Amen? Amen? Here's the other thing I want to talk to you about. Not just pure, purity, but purpose. There are a lot of singles who are not fulfilling their purpose in Christ because they're waiting for a mate before they fulfill their ministry. That is wrong. I am telling you this. You need to know your purpose before you even walk down that aisle. You need to know that purpose. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32. Paul is saying this. Paul, Paul, is, Paul is wild. Here, here's what Paul says. Paul says, um, I would have you without carefulness. He says that he, he that is unmarried cares for the things that belongs to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. And some people go, I will settle down with the Lord when I get married to the woman. I used to think like that. Before I got saved, I used to think, you know what? I'm going to get real serious with Jesus once I find the right person. No, Jesus says, when you're single, that's when I need you most. Because guess what? That's when I can pump my purpose in you so that you can find the right pur person who lines up with your purpose so that you're not going east and they're going west. Man, before I got married, I learned how to play the guitar. Taught myself how to play the guitar. Before I got married, man, I, I was in a quartet. Would you believe that? I was in a quartet, yeah. Recorded an album. Hey, don't touch me. Watch it. 
Before I got married, I was leading a youth ministry of 150 youth every single Friday night. Before I got married, I was leading camps, I mean, with, with all these youth. I knew my purpose. So my wife knew when she was getting in a relationship with me, she knew where I was going. Because I was already going there. Think about it. Think about this. Uh, as a single, David killed a giant. Joseph saved a nation. As a single, Nehemiah built a wall. As a single, Daniel, Elijah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, John the Baptist, all prophesied as singles. Miriam, Lydia, Ruth, Anna, all accomplished great things for God as singles. Paul wrote half the New Testament as a single. Jesus saved this world as a single. Amen? Don't tell me you can't do nothing as a single. As a single person, now is the time for you to invest all your energy, all your time into the things that God has called you to do. Accomplish it now. Because when you get married, things change. <laughs> they just do. It's not worse. It's not better. It's just different. And you've got to do the things that focus and please the Lord now. Because when you get married, you better focus on your spouse. Or is he going to be single again? <laughs> so how we overcome deception? Here's it. I'm going to close with this. I want to encourage you. As singles, one of the best things that I ever did for my life as a single was I made sure that there were mentors in my life who knew the Word of God better than I did. If you're a single person, and you're struggling in any area, I mean, any area with your singleness, one of the things I could best tell you to do is, listen, find people who can give you a sense of truth before you get deceived. That when you start feeling that drawing to that need, that you're not sure if it's legitimate or not. When you start looking at your present circumstances, when you start just uh, thinking about these, these uh, temporary feelings that are happening inside you, find somebody that you can say, hey, listen, I'm struggling here. Or I need the word here. Or what does God say about this? Or what's your advice in this direction? Or how do I go this? Listen, you don't have to have one. But you need to have people in your life who have access to your life. Who can speak into you. Don't walk alone. Because the enemy catches those who are all by themselves. Amen? You get something out of today? Put your hands together and bless the Lord.